Good morning. We're going to go back to the Navi after our Shavuot break. We left off Malachim Bey's Perik Yud Gimel, Pasuk Chav Bey's. After the Misa of Elisha and the burial of that person who was thrown into the kever and then got up and walked away, Shiloh, who that was, discussion about it. And now we go back to the very oppressive state of affairs under Aram and the message and the result. Chazal Melech Aram, Pasuchav Beis. Chazal Melech Aram Lachas is Yisrael Kol Yemei Yachas. Yachan Hashem Aisam Veirachem Veifen Aleim Lamabrisai. As Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Kosh Baruch Hu, as Rachman and Yisrael, even though they don't deserve a Yeshua right now, because there's a bris that Klai Yisrael will always be here and always survive in some form. And we will begin to describe where that Yeshua comes from. A new regime in Aram, He now pushes back and takes the cities that they had lost, three major battles, all of which he has a victory, but it's not a decisive victory over Aram. If you remember, the Navi had been dying, Elisha, and he came to him crying, what are we going to do without you? And he gave him a simon, shoot arrows out the window, he told him to pick up arrows and hit them on the ground, and he began hitting them in the ground, and he stopped after three times. If you recall, we explained that he was not really into it. He was not from as we would know it, but he intuitively knew the Pintaliyid that uh, the Navi was a source of protection. As he's dying, he cried and he asked for his help, and he said, If you follow my instructions, it'll be a simon that you're a kafuf, and if you continue growing, uh, there'll be Yeshua. And he tells him to clop on the ground, and as I announced, Every Hoshana Rabbah, a different minhagim, how much to clap and where to clap. Uh, that's a minig, there's no baltasiv, there's no baltigra. Um, five times, dafka five. Over here, he told him to clap. He's holding arrows, not a rovis, and he didn't tell him when to stop. And if we are given a direct sevoy from a Navi who's standing there, or lying in here, and he says to clap, so the standing instructions are to keep going till we tell you to stop. Which, again, for our American uh, democratic, free-thinking mind, I don't know how much better we would have done, but... If you are supposed to be learning how to follow orders, even if you're the king, and that's the whole problem, you do what you want, and Klai Yisrael's in trouble because everybody's doing what they want. So part of the litmus test here is to figure out how you're going to follow orders. So what were the orders? He had no clue. 
but he was told to take them into club. And nobody said anything about stopping after three, after two, after five, five, and Nigla Nister. And he stopped after three. Why? Because he figured, whatever this school is, that's enough. And now it's coming back to haunt him. Because the Pasuk says, the good news is, he went three times, Shalosh Pamim Ikal Yosh, Yoshev Es Ari Yisrael. A victory, got back cities, but he never really got rid of them because he only clapped three times. Now, it's not totally in the three versus the five versus the six. It's totally listening to the Navi and listening perfectly, which he didn't do. And it wasn't just an honest mistake. I thought you meant three. If he said clap, the minimum clap is two. Russian Robin. So why do three? So he figured, ah, chazaka. But uh, you can't figure. The Navi is still alive, barely. And uh, if as you're clapping, you say, Rebbe, just tell me when to stop. Or uh, after five, ten times, you say, uh, I, I'm going to keep on going. Just uh, give me a signal. He decided everything by himself, which was the problem. There's um, one copy, which we actually never saw inside. If you can give this out. Original Tzivoy of the Shalosh Pamim. Take a look in the Das Sefer in the second column. What was that? You're preparing for a Shabbos. It's, it's almost Pesach. You got to Xavier Shabbat, Tesvav, Tesvav. Uh, we don't, this is a uh, very deep Kabbalah, but we don't need that because, I'm sure there is, we don't need it because over here the whole test was, are you going to listen to the Navi even when it's not explicit? And this was tricky because he didn't give him a number seven and he only did two. That would have been really chutzpahdik. He didn't give any number. He said, take these, take the arrows out and give a clap and this Melech is again the good news is he's a Maimon the bad news is he's uh, very confused so the test over here is when the order is not clear do you ask for more instructions do you ask for the Adrocha if you have any suffix don't just do whatever you want and he stopped and he had three victories his three clops and that was it take a look at Shalosh Bamim in the second column and he indeed took back territory. This is a bracha. They have a very um, depressing state. They're being oppressed by the enemy. They can't really move. They're losing crop. The enemy is raiding at will. And they lost territory. So now, uh, very pleasant uh, change of events. And they're given the bracha, they're given the carrot uh, before the change. So they're given the reward before the actual tshuva. Uh, that's supposed to bring on the tshuva and the change. He didn't change. Certainly not enough. This is very dangerous. And we're going to repeat this theme because it's going to get worse, not better. Shem's going to be mated even more. We're going to have huge success, territorial gains, expansion coming. 
and the Asaras Shvatim, and also in Yehuda. They get to a point that had more land and power than they ever had, including the time of uh, Davon Melch and from the time of Yeshua Benun. They never had so much. Why? They're not doing tshuva. The answer is Hashem keeps trying the stick. Kaviyachol, now he's trying many large carrots. And he's giving them hatava and bracha and atzlocha, hoping they would change. And they take it in the exact opposite way that it was intended. They said, hmm, this is Gavaldic. Look at all this help we're getting. Obviously, Hashem's not that angry with us. Can't be that bad. Why would we receive all this wonderful success? And that's never a barometer. First of all, you have Tzadik, Rala, Rosh That's already scary. Especially over here, the Navi had told them before many times that Avodazar uh, is not the right way to go and Kechivetz and Yadi and all these things. This is, it's got to change. But... Uh, case they would have a taina that we're under so much pressure we can't even think straight let alone learn and daven better so Hashem said okay here have some cities back and the heat's going to be off for a while and uh, let's see what you do the first thing you do with the newfound land territory and money is not go to Atlantic City that's not the right direction yes So you're, you're, uh, it's always good to try to be Mlamitzchus, but let's not forget that they had huge truckloads, skidloads, warehouses of carrots for a long time when they got into Yisrael, Shaftim, Dover Melch, Shlomo Melch. It's not like we just had Maimon Asini, we went out of Mitzrayim and said, okay, you're leaving Mitzrayim now. No Nisim, no Ruchush Godol, nothing to start off. Start up nation and figure it out yourself. We've had huge amounts, years and years, both in time and in substance, of carrots, carrots, and many cherries on top. So then they were slipping, and, they, and there was a pattern. We didn't yet in the year learn shoftim. I hope to be able to do it after Malach and Bez. But it was up and down and up and down. And over there, it was a pretty clear indication, many of them you're familiar with, where they slipped, and then the Malach... Uh, Plishtim was sent, or whatever, Aram, whatever the enemy was, and then they did tshuva, and then the land was quiet for 40 years, and it was Gavaldic, and 40 years, we're reading the Navi, so how did they uh, start slipping in the next Pasuk already? Well, <laughs> 40 years, that's a new generation, next generation. So there's always a, some amount of slippage where you need chizik again, and this pushes them into chizik. Over here, Malacham Bez already, this is going on for, after many, many decades of Baruch, it's going on for a long, long time. And and Malachim, here from this last year of Shir, Elio Anavi was not that long ago, and he spent many years with the uh, stick, and he had a showdown where he gave him a carrot, and that worked for 12 hours. And the next day he was run out of town, and he wanted to retire, which ultimately he got, and he was sent to appoint Elisha. Elisha's reign... Typically represented carrots, carrots, and more carrots. Nisim and Nisim and all the and Nisim, which weren't even necessary on paper, just to show Klai Yisrael, Hashem is with us. And he had Tamidim and he had Yeshiva and there were always Yechidim, but in the Asas Shvatim, Yehuda typically fared a little bit better, but that's going to start slipping also. And uh, by and large, it's still not working. So then 
the last few months here, the stick came back in a very, very serious way. So now, now what? So this is already rare. In Shreftim, it's after they did Shuva, then there was quiet. Over here, they're now recapturing territory and they're on the upswing and no one really did anything. That's what's, that's what's unusual. So they took it at, well, that's not the usual. Uh, we, they were honest. We, we didn't notice any mass Shuva rallies and the Avodazar temple seemed to be still in business. Like, what's going on over here? So they came to the incorrect conclusion very damaging conclusion that, well, it must be that Hashem has such rachamim and Avarazar uh, is not so bad. We are going to the Ashkama Minyan before we go to the temple. And they put two and two together and they got 22 instead of four. That's the problem. And it's going to get, things are going to get better on the ground in terms of the uh, physical security and it's going to get worse in terms of the Ruchmias. So the fact that you're uh, doing, anybody is doing well well has to be examined. What does well mean? And people uh, and again, America were trained uh, well. It means one bottom line. Look at the bottom line. Is the ink red or is it black? If it's black, that's a pat on the back from Shemayim. If it's red, we better do tshuva. Sometimes that's true. As often you might be misreading the ledger. Get yourself a different Excel program. Uh, the black, uh, could, you could do a lot of good things with the black, but uh, doesn't mean that's necessarily a Hersher Schnappel, which people find uncomfortable. Well, doesn't the Pasik says, uh, say, Nasati Geshmechem Beitam, if you do this and if you do Avarazarma, take it away? Yeah. Yes, Chaibrahim, the Pasik talks about it, but that's in, it's almost a Madrega, like in Shreftim, where they were still holding over here. So when they started slipping, there was an immediate reaction, and they did chuva pretty quickly. That's not working as well now. That's the problem. So, let's continue here in the Das Sefer. The first line is Tevish Chazra. First line. Chazra Yisrael, Nivlisha Chazra B'Tshuva. Over B'Kirbam is Agasha She'ein HaTevich Ashura B'Maseim. He started getting the uh, misimpression that the result was not necessarily connected to their Maisim. Oz Gavra Radifa Achar and we're going to see that Shem's going to try to uh, still wake them up, but a lot of it is going to be, and it says in the next line, which we're not going to get to for a few weeks, Yeruvam, who's going to be one of the most powerful kings in Yisrael, named after, unfortunately, the original Yeruvam ben Not a great sign. And he had one Milo, which we'll discuss, but he was basically the same as Vedavadazara. Not the worst of them, but uh, certainly didn't cause a mess chuva. And he captured more land, as I mentioned, than anybody else to date. And with all the power and panasa, the economy was doing great. And he had a very long, stable reign. But not up to him yet, just giving you a forward looking uh, snapshot of the problem. And then, to boot, the Nevi'im Achernim started to talk about what was coming. Now, 
We're going to go back to this theme, but I'm introducing it now because it's going on this passage. This is the beginning of the upswing of what they could still have and realize still in Eretz Yisrael. And if they don't take this last opportunity, it's going to slide to the Hurban, which Malachim Beis is sliding toward. Hate to be the tighter of bad news. Uh, but can you imagine a Navi comes, he has a soapbox, I guess everyone walked around with one, stood on it, and got up and started saying very loudly, the end is near. And people looking at him, the end is near? The stock market broke 21,000. It's sunny out. It was 70 degrees not too long ago. Uh, the economy's um, doing great. Interest rates are still relatively low. We have uh, borders that are finally secure. And this person is on a soapbox telling us the end is near. I don't want to push my case too much because then it's going to look like, so how does he expect to reach anybody? The answer is he's an accredited Navi and um, he has an accredited platform and um, he's saying that Bar Hashem, but I'm just, being I don't know if I'm just painting the scenario over here. People are looking and scratching their heads and they said, now the end is near. A year ago, Aram was really giving us a rough time. Maybe we couldn't walk the streets and they were burning down our fields and our houses. And so then, you want to say the end is near. Now the end is near. So this is, it's, this is very frightening because you have to listen to the Navi. Again, the accredited Navi, there was no Shaila on his credentials. Even Yeravam, interestingly enough, under his reign, we'll see, his one Milo, it's a big Milo, he was an Abed of Azara, but he, deep down he was a Maimon, and similar to what we just finished with with Elisha, he's going to hear all sorts of Lashon Har and the Ravim who are predicting his demise and the demise of the kingdom, and they're going to tell him, tell him he's a he's a Redef Malchus, and he's a, causing a rebellion, and you've got to execute him, and he's going to give the people reporting this a tongue lashing and order them out of the palace, he said. I don't know if he's a tzaddik, I don't believe he said that, and if he said it, it's the Dara Hashem, leave him alone. But he didn't do truly. He just let the, let the Navi walk around and, and say this because deep down he knew it was true even though he couldn't bring himself to uh, have any serious movement. Yes? This is not the development they understood strictly as on a national level or are people supposed to internalize this within their own lives? I think, uh, I think it's a message for the Yachid and the Robin. It, uh, the only yardstick you can use for not misusing Gashmias, success, black ink, uh, profit, surplus, is it's hard to know, Darke Hashem, you got to hope and pray this is not a payment by Elam Hazeh for whatever mitzvahs you did. Schar mitzvah b'hayal with the exclusion of Kibbut Aim, which we'll get to soon in Night Seder, and Shluch HaKan, a couple of other psukim. And yes, the Pesukim talk about if you do the right thing, and you're going to have bumper crops. That's not really schar. That's in order to enable you to do more mitzvahs. So the first thing you got to do is uh, hope and pray that you're not getting paid back in this world too much. Because you want to save whatever you can for Elam And the second thing you got to daven for is that whatever gashmistika benefits you have, whatever brachas you have, are being used to the fullest for the Avedis Hashem, yourself and your family and others. That's a daunting task. That's what it's here for. So yes, could it be a good simon that it will be an opportunity to use it for good? Of course. 
but if a person, uh, I hate to keep picking on Atlantic City, but it's closer than Vegas, uh, not to get anybody here, a person goes to Atlantic City and uh, he wins the jackpot uh, first, second, third time, uh, that's not a raya that he's in the right place. As a matter of fact, it's scary. It might be, um, you know, on the way here, you, somebody called you for a donation and you, and you, and you, made a, you, you wrote a check. So here's some payback. This is not where you want it. You want the ability with giving stucca to, and that Pesach says, you're not going to suffer and you're going to make more money, but to give more money. But that's not Hefshah Stempel on the activity you might be engaged in right now. So it's until Achamev Esrim without a Navi or Lahavdil, a crystal ball, it's probably an Esdereza. So you can't really know. Over here, they knew one thing. The Navi is still insisting that this is can't call it a menagerie, but uh, this is a, a facade for something that, if you don't take it the right way, will cover up the decay underneath. And if you take it the right way, it's a harbinger of what you can have when things are really good, when you fix up your Maisim Tevim, that they should become real Maisim Tevim, not just glossing over that you're orthodox, but you have to be an Ovid of Azar, when you really make a change. So it's a, it's a glimpse of what you can have but it's not necessarily a grade on what you're doing. And uh, yes, this is on a national level, but uh, I think it would apply to an individual as well, which uh, gets people bent out of shape, but it's actually very inspiring because the flip side is also true. If things are not going well, it doesn't mean it's a grade on your Avedis Hashem that you're doing a lousy job. It might mean you're doing such a great job, Hashem holds you to be in a Madrega that he's going to test you more and give you more schar. He's going to give you a bigger kapar. That's not the Gerala Rosh So it's, it's not a grade in either direction. And in life, it's a little hard to remember that, but that's why you have to take these uh, themes and internalize them. But this last line is written very well. That's why I copied it. Uh, he says, uh, we're going to yet see that uh, Yerobam has more power than anybody else, and he doesn't fix things up, even though he's not the worst of the lot. And Hoshea Navi is standing there telling the people that there's a Horbin coming. Look, a Horbin coming? Did you see what's going on out there? I'm going to be a Horbin coming. It's never been better. So that's. Uh, the Navi? I think they were on a soapbox standing outside. If there are a thousand people in the assessor's Fatim in the base manager's learning, those are the people who don't need to hear that they need to shape up. No, they stood in the soapbox, and that's why I keep talking about the soapbox. He, he, stood, he stood where the people were and where the people who often weren't interested in hearing the message, that's who we gave it to. You go to the base measures, you're literally preaching to the converted. Yeah, it's that's not where... I don't think so. So you say, so why do I give Shirem Joshua's in the base measures? Because uh, I don't do well standing on soapboxes, and uh, it's hard to set up the mic and the video and everything outside, and the, the, the wind noise and everything, and the traffic. And um, today, uh, the Dvar Hashem has to come from here because um, on the street, uh, you can't even give shear due to the uh, preachers and all the other things going on. But in the olden days, um, they, the crowds gathered in the marketplace, and they used to... I'm not saying they never gave a schmooze in the base medjish, but that's not where it was at. And yes, okay, so you have to, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. The answer is, that's necessary. You have to be mechazik the core. You have to be mechazik the core. 
but that's not to the exclusion of, which is why we have all these electronic uh, devices in front of us over here. That's part of why we do this. It's for the people who come and for the people who would like to come but can't make it and want to listen, and hopefully for the people who listen who have friends who wouldn't even contemplate listening and they just say, here, have an MP3. Um, listen up. It's, it's easier when you have a marketplace which be'etzem, you can actually talk Torah and try to reach the people. And often we do care if we do go out to the places where they're not really interested in listening or they don't know anything, and we, we try it there as well. But that's not the exclusion of being mechazik the court. You still have to be mechazik the court. Without that, everything falls yeah, apart. It out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 it spills over. Yeah, there, there is uh, something to be said for both, but again, I don't know, Naveem didn't give it the best measures, but they were certainly um, standing in the, in the shuk as well, giving it to the Rabbim, and they also spoke to the kings directly. And this king in particular, Yeravim, who we're not up to yet, has a rapport and a respect for Nevi'im, but there's still no massive change. And the change, he's warning us, will be difficult after the carrot because they're wondering, well, we can't be that bad. Look at all these brachas, which is not the right reaction. And it's not supposed to be depressing either on a personal level if you get bracha and uh, just talk about the financial side. So you can take it as well. Hashem sees that or hopes that I'm a gizber or good things, and I want to continue being a Gizber Neman to spend it in the right places and not uh, waste it. So Nachrayis, he recognized that, so then that might be uh, a push to uh, have a din next year to get even more. Shemayim will trust you with it because he did good things with it. Let's go back to the Pasuk. Perigidalid, Pasuk Aleph. We'll just read... Uh, a few, because I want to get to the Peliyates. B'shnas shtayim liyayash ben Yehochaz melech Yisrael melech Amatzio ben Yehosh melech Yehudah. So we keep going back and forth. In Yehuda, we have now Amatzio. I have a chart here, which we are going to give out. Remind me next week. A very beautiful flow chart to uh, actually understand where we're holding with each king and who is who. Even have some queens on here uh, to see who was the uh, queen mother and uh, see where they came from. So Amatio starts off as a very good king, and he actually gets a pretty good grade overall. Ben Esen v'chamesh shana haya b'malcha v'esen v'tesha shana malach b'yushalayim. He's 25 years old and became king. He reigns for 29 years, again, pretty stable. Shem imoy ya'adan min yushalayim. Yasa yashar b'ne Hashem rak l'kadavid aviv. That's not bad. Yasa yashar rak l'kadavid. There were many kings who were not kadavid. It doesn't mean Nakedov that he wasn't Mamash Nizmadrake. It means he was far, but he generally, in terms of running the country and enforcing halacha and being from himself, he was a good king. He followed in his father's footsteps. Father Yesh also complicated, but in general, he was trying to do the right thing. Which is a chronic problem. Again, as we explained many times, uh, they had trouble getting rid of it because the people were resistant because they remembered their great-great-grandfather bringing a carbon in the, on the deck in the backyard and they had a family barbecue with this Heilige carbon and they, everybody said Divrei Terra and they had Zemiris and it was a very fond memories of this Chesar Shukadusha. And the problem is, uh, since the Beis Amitish had been around, it's an Isser Karis. It's been a long time already, but uh, old men hug and die hard. And even when they, they wanted to destroy it at one point, they said, destroy it? Okay, we won't bring our sacrifice, but destroy it? This is Mamasha, Cheser Shemitzah. That's a Shailop. He did. It was once used for Kabbalah. It's Behetar, yes. Uh, 
may not be remembering correctly, but a few times when we had Lysaro, um, I don't know if it said Mazaka or Mukaka. Is it possible that this is a lower level? That it got worse, you mean? No, that, that they actually were laid on the bumps. No, they did. They were. Sometimes it was alluded to the fact that they just didn't allow them to destroy it. Yes, you have to take a look and compare. I think it uses this often. I don't know. You have to do a comparison if it's every time. And if you find one or two that aren't, it's probably alluding to that. That even when they finally got through to them, this is a serious iser, they didn't let them take it apart, which would have been smarter, even though it's a chesed mitzvah. Okay, it's a double wrap it and put it in Seamus. But don't keep it there because it's a, it's a potential mishal. So you have to, there are many of them. So you have to do a, do a study, do a search, and see, uh, see which ones have, which ones don't. This is the right thing. His father, if you recall, was assassinated, and he didn't uh, find the assassins and bring them to justice because he was a young king and he wanted to stabilize the kingdom first. And these people have friends and relatives, and he doesn't want another coup. So he first stabilizes things, and then he finds them, and they're Chayav Misa, and the Pasik says another nice postscript, Pasik Vav, as Bene Hamakim Lahemis Kakasa Basefa Teres Mesha, Asher Siva Hashem Lamer. And he did not destroy the entire family of these assassins. Normally, if the Melech who took over afterwards would want to get rid of them, which they always did, they wiped out every fifth cousin twice removed because they were nervous and they didn't want anybody coming back to haunt them, which makes sense on some level. He didn't even get rid of their kids. The kids didn't commit the crime, and he had not enough evidence that they were out to get him. So he left them alive. As it says in Tereus Meshach, That's refreshing. Because as it says in the Pussy, yes, the Shaila. He said, What should I do? The minute but when kings take over, is they wipe out everybody else, certainly the ones who, immediate family members who might have been in cahoots. And they said, You have evidence? He said, No. So leave them alone. And he listened. The next campaign, though, is going to be quite complex. We'll save it for next week. Let's go to the Peleyeyets. We were discussing yesterday the new entry of Arvis, not Arvis and Mitzvahs, but becoming, thank you, but becoming an Arev for a loan. Very practical. A Mitzvah, the Raisam, Kesef, Talbas, Ami. To loan money when you can, do it in a way where you have a star, it's clear what the parameters are, and if he's an onion, you have a right, if you don't expect it back, to take it off of Meiser. Now, and if he pays it back, you'll put it in the account and use it for the next halva. If he's an usher, you can't do that, as we explained yesterday. The next part of this mitzvah is if you don't have the cash now, somebody else is willing to lay it out, and he needs you to co-sign, and he won't forward the money without you co-signing. Also a great mitzvah. If you plan on standing behind it, and have the ability to do so. If you don't, it's Geneva's Das, and you're causing a hefsid. Very nice, I'll co-sign. Oh yeah, you're all minded. Yeah, this guy's a great guy. I hope you should really help him out. And then you co-sign, and you have no clue how you are going to come up with this $100,000 if he defaults. That's absolutely usher, and it's a very difficult situation to be in because the guy needs your help, and he's not asking you for money, and he needs your help. So... uh, Sometimes you jump to do a mitzvah. Essentially, we would never jump into putting on tefillin without learning how to put on tefillin. Or Lulu Vanessa and even clapping Hashanis or any other mitzvah. Somehow when it comes to money and business, we just like go to work and figure it out. Isn't there an obligation on lending the money to do due diligence? Uh, it's certainly the smart thing to do. Do due diligence on the arev. 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would suppose most people ask me for an Arev. The reason they're doing that already is because they want it to be secure. Uh, obligation? I think if he's normal, he will. But there's more of a halachic obligation on the Arev not to promise things he can't deliver on. It's just sheker. Sheker and it leads to tremendous damage. Uh, the Malve asked the Leva, can you pay back? The Leva says, yes, okay, I think anybody living in this world knows that most people borrowing money, not a commercial loan, most people borrowing money is because they need to pay bills and they're not people of means and there is a risk involved. You go to an Arev, he says, you have an Arev? He says, I'll look for one. He comes in with his neighbor, a guy shows up in a stretch limo. And so, oh, I'm so glad you came. Uh, the guy wants to borrow money, are you good for it? He said, this guy really needs the money. So if, you, if you were listening, he just dodged the question. Uh, there are many ways not to answer a question. But he says, yeah, I need you to sign. He says, yeah, I'd love to be able to help this guy out. If you have him sign after that, I think um, you're not listening. Because I signing, the answer is uh, not everybody's in the Pelliage here and nobody understands. When you sign, this is real business. And he's going to describe in his days that people had two types of, uh, many types of, of arvis you could take. And sometimes the arvis is set up, you can go to the guy first, you don't even have to go to the loser. He's on the hook, he's on, he's on the front line. So let's start the paragraph again, the third paragraph. You can be caught in a bit of a pickle. You read them, as I mentioned yesterday, they had the read twice a year. They used to go and buy wholesale, go back home and sell retail. It was a very big source of panasa for many people. And you go to the guy in the booth who wants to sell you 100,000 widgets. I don't know exactly who's buying widgets, but a lot of people selling them. Um, haven't figured out yet what they are. And uh, he goes up to the guy and says, I want to make a big order. He says, okay, uh, how are you paying? Cash or credit? So he says, credit. He says, well, who are you? He says, well, you don't know who I am, but I'm going to go get my friend, and he'll explain to you who he is. <coughs> So you go to your good friend and you ask him to sign. And Yemer laughs if he goes up to the potential supplier and he says, I can't sign. So you're basically making a statement on the lack of credit worthiness of this friend who wants to buy. And you're going to kill his panos because he won't be to buy anything. He has nothing to eat for the next six months. So intuitively, you want to help, or at least you should be wanting to help. Well, I don't know if that's the Rosh Tevis over here. Uh, I think Pasuk Hula Chayisei over here it means he's he's cutting off his Parnassah it doesn't mean Hashem's cutting it off because right away the Malveh the guy who's selling the stuff and extending the credit is going to realize he's he's not a safe bet that's why he's asking for an Arev and if you don't do it he's not going to give him the supply so you want to help him. That's Gavaldik, a very good feeling, and you should want to help him. You should think out of the box how you can help this guy. No, what can you possibly do to solve the problem? If you take a mashkin from the leva, you can then become an Arab. It's the least you get your money back. So you'll say, well, that's an easy solution. Why doesn't the Malva do that? The answer is if the Malva wants to do it, that's easier. He doesn't need a cosigner. Often in these situations with the Arid, he doesn't want to do that because the guy lives in Rodden, and the Arid is in Lipzig, which is often where it was, and he's not interested in running after the guy. He pulls his friend Chaim over. He said, do me a favor, can you co-sign? They're both from the same province, at least. So the Malva doesn't want to do it because the Mashkan is not going to help him, but uh, they live close by. So he says, uh, I'll take a Mashkan, your horse, your barn, your farm, whatever, whatever it is. 
So then at least, uh, then he feels good about pledging it, but then he understands that he's got to, if the Malva comes, give him the cash, and then go off to the Mashkin. At least he has a plan. Second step is, if there's no Mashkin, which often is the case, you don't want to kill the guy. If you say right away, I can't become a co-signer, the guy's not creditworthy, then he'll never be able to do any business here. You don't want to, you don't want to kill him. So you could say something generic, let the guy figure it out. I say, look, I, I was macabre a long time ago. I've been going to this Yerid for 25 years now, and this is always complicated and very sticky. Avakabola, I'm not macabre arbis for anybody, even King Henry VIII. Very trustworthy, docile fellow, and worth a lot of money. I don't even take arbis for him, which means low plug, I don't get involved. So again, the guy's going to be suspicious, but at least he didn't say, Pemoli, I'm not going to become an arbis for this guy, I'll never see my money. So uh, you're getting the message across, it's not going to have his das for the Malveh, but you're also not spelling out that this guy can't do anything right. This, this is being a shaman, a shaman. Yeah, there's, there's, um, it's like Lashonar Bashiduchim and anything else, or business. A guy calls you, and you have a recollection that this guy messed up bad in business, not messed up as in he lost money, that can happen to anybody. He messed somebody up, and you have, matter of fact, two Recollections of that. Over the last, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. You hope the guy did tshuva, there is tshuva, and, um, you know, you hope that it's not no gain anymore. The guy's asking you, I'm going into business with this guy. Can I trust him? So the answer isn't very nice to be down with people at Kaz So that's good for your business. And he's asking question. He knows that you were in yeshiva with this guy, and he knows that you maybe even lived in the same town 30 years ago, and he knows you um, know the guy for a long time, and you might have information. You cannot say, oh, guys, mamesh, malach alakim, go right ahead, nothing to worry about. The most trustworthy guy, I would trust him with all my counterfeit money. Of course, you leave out the middle word. You can't just say nothing. On the other hand, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe the guy, we hope the guy did tshuva, and to put all the nails in the coffin, the, the guy would never be able to get a job. That's not fair either. So you have to say enough to give the guy a red flag and let him figure it out. Then we'll investigate more, and sometimes there are people who messed up previously, and they do get jobs again, and they prove to be very trustworthy partners. So you gave him a red flag, but you didn't kill any chance on the spot. Now, that's a very, I can't go to all the hokhs, lush, and her. In Shaduchim and business, it depends on what you're up against. If the guy did it seven times, as recent as like three days ago, you shouldn't be straddling the fence like this. You should say, um, um, here, I have to carry around my pocket. Here's the latest article. Take a look. I'm not saying a word. So when's it from? Three days ago. You have any more? Yeah, I got a whole truckload at home. Uh, but you don't really don't need the most recent article. Okay, so, and, uh, then you are killing it, but that's what you have to do. In a case where it's not so push in either direction, so here, you don't think the guy's a safe bet, you don't want to put it down, but um, there is a chance he can pay it back, you don't want to kill every chance, so you say, I have a Kabbalah, I don't do this at all. If the guy wants to read between the lines, he might tell the fellow who wants to borrow, you know this guy for a while, say, oh yeah, he's a close buddy, I've been friendly for years, that's a red flag. Because as a guy I happen to know tangentially, I pulled him over, it's then the guy's a low plug, okay, that's not so bad. They can decide what credit, if any, he wants to extend. That's, um, you know, just because a guy declared personal bankruptcy once doesn't mean he's a bad guy. The question is, how bad was it and how recent and what's going on? That's why you have to be careful. But his line is a very powerful line, but it's power of 
to negative, and it's enough to give the guy a red flag. And he says, a very important point, he says, if you have the cash, and you really don't think it's so safe, and you want to take a risk, and you want to take it from my service, and honey, so you do it. Don't tell the Malva to do it without giving him any information. You want to take the risk, take it upon yourself, so give him the cash. And he says, what you shouldn't do is you're looking for an arv, don't do it in front of a leva. Because he might want to tell you something and then you're putting him in an embarrassing situation where if any Lashon Hara or gray information he wants to give, he has to say it in front of the guy. And he might not want to do it and he might sign because he's pressured to and he really can't back it up and you're pushing him into this situation. So if you can investigate, do it on the side and make sure at least he's not standing there. And if you do that, you're being over and a half to the because you wouldn't want that done to you. You wouldn't want to be put in that embarrassing situation. May it's a shame we will continue on Shabbos.